0: Hi everyone, this is Charles Ojovi with the Ledgerback Digital Commons Research Cooperative. And uh, this is another episode of the Film and Series on Musings for the Ledgerback Research Podcast. And so uh, in this episode, I'll just be giving my, uh, my thoughts on how you could potentially create a trademark decentralized autonomous organization. Uh, in other words, a uh, trademark DAO. And uh, just some of the implications of, uh, of a potential model. So first and foremost, uh, I'm just going to give a, like a brief description of what a trademark is and uh, what a DAO is, and uh, kind of go from there. So uh, when it comes to uh, what, uh, what a trademark is, you know, a trademark is really just a legal protection, which you can uh, use for, uh, for a brand. Uh, and specifically, it's about you know, associating a specific uh, type of mark, uh as you can tell by the name trademark uh you know it's some type of mark so it could be a you know like a logo uh could be a catchphrase uh, it, may, it could even be a dance <laughs> to be honest uh you know it could be a, a word uh, really anything that's uh that's uh, can uh be used as a mark uh, in connection with some goods or services which are uh, shown out in the, uh, you know, used out in the markets or, you know, generally shown to uh, the public somehow to associate with, uh, you know, with any uh, number of uh, goods and or services. So that's basically what's a, what a trademark is. And then a uh, DAO, at least my personal definition, and, you know, luckily it seems if other people are uh, also kind of uh uh, picking uh, up on it, so so it does feel a little bit more like this might become a one of the more dominant uh, definitions for uh, for a DAO. Uh, to me, it's really uh, you know uh, any digital organization which uses uh, you know uh, Web three technologies, and uh, uh, generally it's you know uh, digital organizations or uh, collectives which use uh, organizational technologies. Uh, uh, acronym for that is uh, org tech. Uh, it's really any you know uh, technology you can use to handle any type of like governance or management or uh, uh, finance uh, uh, kind of activities. And by finance, it's generally more like treasury. So really, anything like that requires some sort of uh, collective coordination. Kind of falls under uh, org tech. So if you want to uh, use, uh, you know, for example, like Aragon to deploy a DAO. So that you can have a uh, a space where you can handle governance decisions. So you know, have people voting on stuff like that would fall under uh, fall under org tech, and also uh, you know, additional parts of uh, uh, the definition for ideas. That really, that you know, they have some practice of uh, of uh, of cooperativism. Or digital cooperativism, or even say new cooperativism. I mean, it's kind of a lot of definitions, but <laughs> uh, you know, regarding cooperativism in the uh, in the digital space. But they do embody some of the the uh, principles and values, and even some of the practices uh, to some extent, but not you know a hundred percent. So you know, to me, i always think of DLSB somewhat to uh, uh, you know, somewhat quasi cooperatives you know so like they kind of act like co-ops but they're not necessarily co-ops but they don't mean to act in a way which is like intentionally false or a way to just market themselves uh it's really more that you know their values you know are very similar to the values you would see uh in cooperativism but just that uh you know the way that they necessarily want to practice those uh values aren't necessarily the same uh that's one big thing for you know, uh, cooperatives and you know, really democratic uh, uh, ownership and management. Uh, and so you might not necessarily get that democratic ownership with, uh, with DAOs uh, in every instance, but it's possible to do it. So it's really kind of like depending on, you know, i really the DAO, but it's not necessarily something that you would see for every DAO. And uh, even then, some some DAOs might not. Necessarily want to be called digital cooperatives, uh, which is perfectly fine. I do like the neologism of uh, of DAOs and what's uh, what they're going for. So I can you know I can understand why you know uh, you know uh, members of DAOs or uh, admirers or researchers might not necessarily uh, agree with uh, calling DAOs digital cooperatives. Even though I think it's a very apt uh, term to describe how uh, DAOs are currently uh, being managed. Uh, uh, and web three especially on uh on the ethereum blockchain so you know there's the the very quick uh definitions so uh trademark dao uh so i was thinking for a for a trademark dao you know uh a, a trademark dao would be one uh that uh you know pretty much uh owns and manages a uh a trademark or a collection of trademarks and of course, as I said uh, earlier, you know, trademark is kind of like a you know it's a mark, it's a brand. Uh, so you know you might be matching a brand, uh, which could also extend beyond just you know having a trademark. But uh, pretty much kind of like a trademark, let's just say that's our starting point. And so you know for this trademark DAO, you know let's say they uh, they do uh, uh, some merchandising and they sell uh, clothes, and so they so their trademark uh, is uh, it's just this, uh, it's a logo. And they put the logo on on all the on their merchandise. Uh, so, for example, it could be like Supreme, <laughs> uh, you know, the the Supreme logo, which is, of course is the word Supreme, and uh, and then uh, you have the, like the red background. And so it could be something like that, and they put that on all the clothes, and that's what they sell. They sell merchandise. And so for this trademark DAO, the uh, since they want, uh, uh, let's say, you know, everyone who uh, who cares about the brand to have some uh some say over the brand and be able to uh you know uh collect some uh some revenue uh from uh from the from the brand's growth so kind of connecting the creators with the with the audience uh one thing you could do is that you could have a multi signature account multi signature account uh which manages uh, the trademark, and so the multi-signature accounts, you can have it that everyone who you want to you know, be an owner of the trademark, uh, you know, gets to add their key to the uh, multi-signature accounts. So, if you want to prove that you're an owner of the of the trademark, you would have to show uh, that you have a a key uh, for the multi-signature account, and so uh, you know that's one way of showing uh, you know, ownership collectively and then uh additionally uh don't you know, represent the trademark uh you know on chain uh, i was thinking we could have uh you know a, a non-fungible token uh for the trademark and then provide uh members uh well uh well the other owners of the uh, other trademark with fungible tokens uh, so the fungible tokens are fractions of uh of the uh of the trademark NFT, so by fractionalizing it, you can you know, give it to as many people as you want, really. So you have a lot of people sign up to uh, to be owners of this uh, of this trademark, and so for the for the trademark DAO, I was saying probably some membership requirements uh, would probably be you know things related to you know managing and you know maintaining uh, the. Uh, uh the, uh the the trademark uh and let's just stick with uh with the us <laughs> since you know every country has their own trademark uh uh procedures uh so you know sticking with the us you know uh if you want to join the trademark dao it could be that you know uh that's you know, if you want to join okay you gotta help us you know uh you know uh you know, promote the brand you know make sure the brand grows also uh, you know make sure that we can keep our trademarks. So like you know make sure our registration remains valid and handle any uh, any challenges to that. Uh, and uh, and so you know do the trademark DAO. You know, let's say you know everyone wants to come together for this brand and they want to manage it. But of course you only know, got uh, some things you gotta do with the trademark as I mentioned. So this trademark DAO, you know you can use the DAO to go get yourself, you know, like a, a trademark attorney to go handle all your trademark stuff. And that, of course, can be collectively managed uh, through uh, through uh, through the DAO and through OrgTech. Uh And you know, some, uh, and then also you know, for any of like the revenue that comes out of uh, uh, of the of the sales uh, from the merchandise also gets sent back to uh, to the owners as well. So if you have uh, you know one of the fractional tokens of the trademark NFT, that should entitle you to X amount of uh, of revenue. So, you know, that's a way you can, uh, you know, kind of uh, push out, well, you know, uh, we'll create a community-owned uh, trademark. I mean, you can technically also have a collective trademark, uh, you know, which is, you know, a trademark that's owned by a collective. But usually those trademarks, uh, well, I mean, you know, there's two types of collective trademarks. There's a collective membership mark and there's a collective service mark. So the collective membership mark is just meant to represent uh, membership in the collective, you know, the collective service mark is meant to be used as a as a mark to uh, to, uh, to be associated with a certain service or goods. Uh, sorry, and so uh, you know the collective service are, you know uh, uh, mark can really be used uh, you know to uh, be put on certain products, and so those products you know show that the people who are selling under this mark are you know somewhat associated with uh, the collective or that they've given that to the collective to uh markets on a collective basis so this could be like a cult, you know uh, uh well it's kind of like you know uh, co- a cooperative marketing so it's kind of like a you know you ever thought of like ocean spray like a ocean spray sells all this cranberry juice and the owners are uh you know cooperative farmers and so the farmers use uh ocean spray as a way to market uh the juice that comes from uh from their farms well sorry from uh well, the juice that gets processed from uh, the cranberries that come from their farm. So you could use ocean spray as a means for, uh, kind of just like an example of a collective uh, service mark. Uh, because, you know, that gets put in all the bottles. Uh, and, you know, that's the brand that gets used. So, you know, and then uh, another one he calls them is like kind of like Ace Hardware. You know, Ace Hardware provides all the branding, kind of like a, you know kind of like franchising. You know, you know kind of like, a, you know, you, know, you can think of it kind of that way. Because kind of does do franchising, but you know, Ace provides the brand, and by providing the brand to all these you know people who are members of the co-op, they can just uh, you know for uh, for their marketing, you know, they can use that brand, and then boom, there you go. So that's something that I could also do. So you know, just something about determined DL, i will saying that there's probably like a lot of functions that I could uh, really handle. And going back to the to the collective marks, uh, you know, i will saying you know, for the, for the trimark DAO, you know, for the actual people who own uh, this trimark DAO and uh, actually manage it, you know, they could get a, uh, you know, you can have, you know, have two of them have uh, two marks, a collective membership mark and a collective uh, service mark. So, a collective membership mark that would show that you're a member of that collective, showing that, you know, you are an actual uh, uh, owner uh, of the trademark and part of the trimark DAO, and then have the collective service mark uh, which you can use to, uh, sub-brand, uh, products for people who are, you know, associated with, uh, uh with, uh, uh, with the trademark DAO, you know, also internally, you could just have, like, a regular trademark, too, <laughs> or, uh, or a regular service mark, but, you know, just keeping with, like, the spirits of, uh, of DAO's Web3, I was saying that collective trademarks would probably, uh be a little bit more appropriate. And I do have like an article on that, uh, which you can check out. Uh yeah, I'll probably include a link to that uh in the in this episode's description. But uh you know think about just do uh uh thing about you know some of the uh, governance management and uh and then the functions of the of the trademark DAO. When it comes to the governance, as I said, you know you'd use some org tech. So you could use like snapshot labs to handle uh you know your voting and of course, uh, you could you know create your uh, DAO like on any uh, DAO uh, provider. So you know Aragon Dallas, uh, DAO stack. Uh, you know you could probably use those. Uh, you know a lot of places where you can you know uh, put out a, uh, a DAO. So you could use that uh, you know for your governance and also have the multi-signature account so you could handle uh, a a treasury, a collective treasury. So you can use the. Uh, all the signature accounts, you can probably get it from like Gnosis Guild and use that to handle the treasury. Uh, use Snapshot Labs really for the governance so that way you can manage things. And then for discussions, you can have like a, a forum. You can you know, have like a Discord, Telegram, whatever. And you can talk uh, about things there. Uh, so you could probably use that for like your governance and management. And then, you know, just to manage the, the trademark. Uh, Yes, uh, as I said, you know, before, you know, trimmer has to be associated with certain goods and services. You know, your management would have to also <laughs> have some uh, some a little bit of knowledge about uh those goods and services. So it might be that you would uh you know, elect certain people to handle certain functions, uh you know, regarding uh management and operations so you know you need certain people to like m- make sure that the trademark is still there so uh, as i said earlier i've said you could probably like hire a trademark attorney and that person could also be a part of the trademark idea or you could just be hired out uh, additionally you know if you uh, if we're doing merchandise and uh, with, uh, keeping up with like the supreme example you would need someone who like understands merchandising uh, you know also someone who understands marketing so you know, those are things to which you could handle the management operations side. Uh, I'm not too sure about uh, the OrkTech tools for that, uh, but uh, but I'm pretty sure that's something you could just, like, discuss. Uh, it might not necessarily be a Web3 tool, but you, there's probably some digital tool that could be used to uh, to help out on uh, on that. And, and then going to the functions of a trademark DO and where I think some things can be uh, done really well and uh, really cool uh, to handle some of the pain points of, uh, of, uh, of trademarks uh you know this is really where uh i think a trademark deal can uh come in handy. so some of the you know issues that you have to deal with with the trademark of course is that you know when you also have to make sure that it's registered uh you know keep up with uh uh with the registration so you know keep that uh transparent uh two you know how do you license out your trademark uh you know what the process is for licensing uh and then uh third you know you have to worry about uh you know, likelihood of uh, of confusion with other trademarks. You know, making sure people aren't copying you. So going back to uh, uh, going back to the and so you know going back to uh, really the third issue you probably should have mentioned, You know, not just likelihood of confusion, but also just worrying about you know people like infringing uh, your trademark. You know, tr- uh, your trademark rights. So that's something to always be you know concerned about. So, you know, really, you, know, you got those three things. You got registration, you got licensing, and then uh, you got uh, uh, infringement. So with registration, you know, with a trademark DAO, I think it would be a little bit easier to keep, you know, uh, keep track of, you know, uh, your registration just because you would have a lot of interested parties uh, involved. And so, I mean, most of the trademark information itself is, like, publicly available. So you could probably just, you know, find it online and so if someone wants to find it. You know they can uh they can uh they can do that and you know warn people but it could also you know give out like a, a reward uh to people uh to keep track of uh of anything regarding your uh, trademark registration so the trademark dao could also you know be giving out rewards to uh to members for you know these positive actions uh so you know it's like oh you know keep up with the trademark uh registration because you know since uh uh tr- trademark registration is it's uh it's country specific, you know, uh in this trademark DAO it's technically uh international uh, global. You know, they could have this trademark registered in multiple countries. So that's a lot of uh, of accounting to do. So you could have you know you could, you know, uh, incentivize members to uh constantly keep track of registrations in multiple countries and make sure that everything's on the up and up. So that's you know one way you can handle a you know global uh, <laughs> global trademarks, uh, or at least having trademarks in multiple countries uh, through a through a uh, trademark DO. And so onto the second uh, pain points with licensing. Uh, of course, you know as uh, you know, uh, keeping with our example with the uh, with the supreme trademark and merchandise. You know, you know, sure we have the trademark, but then you know we also need <laughs> uh, someone to make the merchandise so we can you know license uh, out our rights uh, you know, regarding our, uh, our trademark to a, a third party to, uh, to handle, uh, the merchandising for us. But of course, we got to make sure these guys are, uh, keeping in line with, uh, with our license, right? You know, that's something you always have to, uh, worry about. So you could also, you know, uh, here as well, he could, you know, provide some, uh, some incentive for, uh, uh, for people, uh, for for members of the termic the to uh ensure that people are following uh the the terms of the license. So kind of similar to the first issue with registration. Uh so you know just make sure that you know provide some incentive for people to uh keep checking that you know the license is all being followed to kinda of just put up a, a a bounty there. Uh and additionally another you know possible way too is that you could ha- require every licensee to uh, To take up uh, a license on on uh, you know uh, on chain, so you know for example, they, you know you can write the license up on an uh, open lot, and that's to uh, agree to it, you know on uh, you know via open lot, so it gets recorded on chain, and so you know you can also create a token based uh, based on that, so you can just make a license token. So here's a trademark license token showing that I you know uh, you know this person is the licensee. Uh, and they have the token, which gives them, uh, you know, certain rights to use the trademark. And for the Supreme Court, it would be like a right to, you know, make, uh, you know, merchandise with this trademark. And of course, uh, the trademark deal wants to get some royalties and a percentage of the of the sales back. You know, that's why, uh, that's why they uh, uh, licensed it out. And so, by having that on chain, it's pretty clear who are all who are the licensees for that trademark. So you can, you know, it makes a lot easier to keep track of, you know, if all these, of uh, all these licensees and their actions. And uh, one of the things you could also do is that you could require uh, the uh, the licensee to uh, to keep a certain amounts of uh, of uh, of money or value. Uh, you could just do an ETH, you know, and an escrow accounts or. You know, uh, or just to be used as some sort of bond or bounty, uh, so that uh, you know the as a licensee, you know the termite do members, uh, you know they could be uh, you know so that you know to incentivize the monitoring. Uh, the licensee has to put up X amounts of, uh, of ETH and uh, uh, an escrow accounts, and uh, you know we put in the escrow accounts, you know, if the termic licensee is found to be violating, uh, the license, uh, who, uh, who uh, whichever member found, uh, found evidence of the, uh, of the, uh, of the violation of the license, you know, will get, uh, you know, will get that bounty or that, uh, or that bound. And that could also be split among, you know, uh, among the members who, uh, who found this case of, uh, uh, of the licensee violating uh, the license and so you probably could just you know uh, adjudicate it uh, you know uh, on Claros which is always super useful <laughs> you know keep it all on chain uh, you know that really does help in a, in a global context but that's one way you could you know incentivize uh you know, your members uh of the trimmer deal to uh, to make to all well, to keep the licensees kind of in line <laughs> so that they're not uh, infringing your uh, uh trademark or uh potentially making you uh lose your trademark and so you know sorry for not like mentioning this earlier but regarding you know trademark licenses and like what you got to do uh with them you know as a as a person who owns a trademark you have to police the use of your uh trademark by uh, by your licensee so you gotta make sure they're actually following along with the license uh and most importantly not uh, uh messing up with uh, with your tr- uh trademark so uh for example keeping with a supreme example it's like supreme is just meant to be for merchandise right and so you know uh licensees should only be used for merchandise and uh you know for uh you know for you know whatever else <laughs> trademark is supposed to be for. Uh you know, it's gotta keep in line with uh uh with what uh what goods and services it's been registered with. So if our uh, licensee is using our trademark for things that hasn't been licensed, uh sorry, hasn't been registered for, we could lose our trademark uh itself. You know, we could actually lose the rights to our trademark. And that includes, you know, all the you know all the value that we've uh, accumulated with it. Uh, at least up to that point uh, that we lose uh, the registration. So you know, if we lose our registration, and, you know, let's say we got a really valuable trademark. Uh, you know, Someone else could come in, just register our trademark and then take all the money for themselves. Uh, you know, because people might still you know, be interested in our brand even though we lost it. And so that's you know, this new person who registered it uh, uh, in the country where uh, it's, uh, it lost its registration. And keeping for example, just the U.S., you know they will then be able to you know collect revenue based on the trademark that we made and that we uh that we worked hard to uh to uh increase this value on so that's something to be worried about with licensees but also you know you, you know uh you know other than you know policing them you know that's and uh you know you also got to uh you know, as i said with the registration just make sure that they're following what's uh I got registered with, to make sure that the trademark itself is being used in a way that preserves uh, the trademark. So, you know, not being used uh, in certain ways. So, you know, always, you know, you always want it to be like a uh, you know, always be used as, like a, as a noun but, uh, or as an adjective, sorry, rather than a verb. So you know, you don't want people saying, uh, using <laughs> uh, uh, your, uh, your uh, trademark, you know, as a you know, realize the verb and also just like as a generic term for things. So, you know, for example, you know that's what happened with uh uh with uh with zipper. <laughs> you know, uh I think I commented this in uh, what the article say real while ago called generic site trimer blockchain. Yeah, you know, if uh, you know the trademark itself starts referring to something that's really generic or general. You know, kind of like a thermos you know like a thermos itself used to be like a specific product uh, but you know it started being used you know for pretty much anything that you could uh, you know any ball that uh, that could uh, cool something down and since it started being used for anything that could be cooled down uh, the company lost a trademark to uh, to thermos <laughs> so it's you know that can you know that really sucks and also a similar thing for uh, for zipper like zipper itself used to refer to a really specific brand. But uh, you know, uh, but then zippers started being used with uh, other you know other uh, companies' uh, uh, clothing, and then people started referring to those things as zippers, and so zipper lost uh, lost his trademark there. because you know, it became general. So that's something else you got to do as well uh, as a trimmer. And you got to you know make sure that you know, they're properly using the trimmer, as is defined a license, and also you're properly using it so that you don't lose your, uh, registration of, uh, of your trademark and, uh, prevent other people from just swooping and taking it and then collecting, uh, all the money that's uh, you, uh, you put in. And so, you know, those are some of the concerns with, uh, with licensing. And of course, you know, make sure they getting paid also. So you can also, you know, make sure that some of the money itself gets, you know, put on chain. So that's, you know, all the money that's, uh, the trimark licensee collects for you has to be given to you and it uh, you know, has to be given to you uh, in crypto. So that this way it's, you know, once again provide that transparency of the value flows of, uh, of the license. So, you know, that's one way you could you know, police your licensees is by you know, making sure that they offer uh, a bounty, uh, for, uh, for your trimark DAO members so that they have incentives to search for violators, uh, so that way, it makes it a lot easier for Trademark to uh, police the use of uh, of their trademark. And then, you know, moving on to uh, uh to uh to the infringement. So you know, you might have people uh you know not licensees, people who just copy your trademark, and then just uh and then just use it or create knockoffs of uh, of your trademark. Uh, so you know, that could also happen too. And that's what you want to prevent, because you know, depend, you know, what's, uh, you know, what, what do you want to associate with, uh, with your brand, with your mark, you know, uh, you know, like Supreme, it's like, oh, it's like really hype, it's really cool, it's, uh, you know, streetwear, it's like, you know, it's for the hype piece, right? <laughs> so you might not necessarily want to associate with, you know, certain, uh, certain, uh, uh, certain things, so that it can keep that, uh, keep that status. And you know, you also see this like with luxury brands. You know, uh, so for example, you have like Louis Vuitton, which is considered a luxury brand. Like Louis Vuitton, doesn't necessarily want uh, its uh, its uh, trademark to be uh, associated with like low quality handbags because you know wants to, people to think it's a luxury brand. So you know, you know, you might see knockoffs of uh, of uh, of Louis So I'm pretty sure you know everyone's probably seen uh, uh, some of these knockoffs or someone trying to sell knockoffs of uh, of Louis Vuitton bags, and you're just like, oh, that's fake. You know, same with like Rolex watches, you know, it's like, oh, here's a Rolex watch. Oh, it's fake. And of course, that's a luxury brand. You don't want to be associated with, you know, with fakes, but most importantly, you want fakes, which are bad or, you know, low quality because you want to show that you have high quality. So that's one thing you also got to worry about with, you know, knockouts and people violating your trademark is, you know, they put your trademark there with their low quality back to, uh, to use the goodwill that you yourself have developed for the trademark so that they can sell their products so that's something you also want to prevent so you know one of the things i'll say you could do is that you uh you know could give it to trademark do members or you could just put out to the world uh just put out uh you know an incentive uh for people to search for uh people who are just infringing the trademark and of course you know whether you want to pursue any, you know, any action against uh violators is always up to the uh the trademark owner and of course the trademark owners which is uh the, the collective, and so you know, with the you know, by having you know, uh, a means to incentivize people to search for infringement, uh, you know, you should expect you know, people to f- be able to find infringement. And since it's global, they could find it, you know, hopefully find it every, you know, anywhere uh, in the world and then report it to you. And then once it's been reported to you, you know, you determine like, oh, is this actually infringement or does it just look like infringement. And so you can leave, you know, you can give, you know, uh, you know, that's a bounty that uh, you put out to any third party to look for infringement. You can give that to the, you know, uh, to the members. So, you know, you can, uh, have the members themselves, you know, just review any, uh, uh, any cases of potential infringement. And if they think there is infringement, boom, okay, great, Give some of the bounty to, uh, to the person who found the infringement and also give a percentage as well to the members for uh, determining whether there was infringement or not. So you know, that could be a way to incentivize searching for uh, uh, infringements by uh, by third parties. And so at least on those three fronts, I think that kind of covers most things. And then another thing I say about potentially is that you could also uh, use uh, a make uh, market maker for uh, well for products but also for uh, for the uh for the trademark NFT as well. So for products you could just uh you know kind of like the uh Uniswaps Unisocks, you know, put a, a, a uh uh market maker on the actual merchandise. So you know keeping with Supreme. So every time Supreme puts out uh, a specific type of shirt, you know, it comes along with the automated market maker. Uh so you know if you want to you know buy uh, the shirt, then you can, then you buy the tokens, and then they'll ship, you know, uh, the shirt to you, and then boom, you know, you got X amount of tokens, and then that increases the supply, and then of course you pair that with crypto, and boom, uh, there you go. So you can have an automated market maker. Uh, for that, so you want to sell your socks, uh, you can, you can see like what the value of, uh, uh, sorry, of the Supreme Shirt, if you want to sell the Supreme Shirt, you know the value of your Supreme Shirt at really any moment in time. So that could be something that's a, a really cool use of uh, on-chain market makers for trademarks, uh, uh, especially for products. And uh, additionally, you know, with the with the trademark NFT, you could also have an on-chain market maker for that as well. So, uh, so uh, you know, uh, regarding the fractionalized tokens, you, know, you could put the fractionalized tokens as a uh, as part of the. Uh, automated market maker so if people want to uh get the tokens and be able to get you know extra revenue from uh from the from the uh use of the trademark and keep it with the supreme example uh you know from uh, sales of merchandise and they think that this trademark is going to do really well in the future they can just go to the automated market maker and buy uh, uh buy the fungible tokens there and by buying the fungible tokens, uh, there, then, uh, then they can, uh, you know, of course, you know, with our main market maker, you know, the value of the tokens will go up, (laughs) so if you get in early, you know, you can, uh, support the brand, and also be able to cash out, you know, later on, and, you know, the brand itself doesn't do too well, you can always leave, and, uh, you know, there's always, you know, uh, some amount of, of, uh, of collateral there so you can always you know jump in and out to any moment in time and you know what the value of the trademark is at any moment in time and that's actually another you know issue I probably should mention but you know you always have to you know kind of figure out like what's the value of a trademark and you could potentially do that with an automated market maker uh, with uh you know by making automated market maker for a for a trademark uh, NFT and giving people out fractionalized tokens in exchange for uh giving collateral to uh, support the brand so you know that's uh something that I was also thinking about so you know those are two ways you could use automated market makers for uh for trademarks uh specifically for a trademark dao so you know, match you know the trademark but also for uh, products based on the trademark or uh you know goods or services based on a trademark and the cool part as well for the trademark DAO site you can make multiple trademarks uh, and then put all of them on, on main market makers. So, you know, lots of, you know, lots of cool things you could, uh, you can do with, uh, do with that. So yeah, so those are my thoughts on just uh, trademark DAO. I know it's, it seemed like, uh, you know, that this episode was kind of disjointed. So sorry about that. Uh, just kind of putting all these thoughts uh, kind of together. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed uh, this episode. And, uh, you know, thank you for listening. Uh, once again, I'm Charles Ojovu with the Ledgerback Digital Commons Research Cooperative. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at c uh which is C-A-D-J-O-V-U. Uh, and you can find Ledgerback on Twitter uh, at Ledgerback. Uh, you know, Once again, thanks for listening. Uh, this was made by uh, speaking to microphones, and hopefully you come by for the next episode.